Welcome to this presentation from the Downey Seventh-day Adventist Church. We are located in the greater Los Angeles area at 9820 Lakewood Boulevard in Downey, California. We would love to have you worship with us any Saturday you are in our area. Today's message is Jesus in me. Now, here's Pastor Chris. Good morning, everybody. It's good to see you all. I've missed you. Let's pray. Father, as we now begin a new series, Back to Basics, Lord, and as we discover what discipleship means, be with us in Jesus' name. Amen. It was June 16, 2000. I was a very young man. It was my first job. And as I was sitting down, we were uh, in what's, uh, when you get a new job, orientation. It was Sunday night. It was about 7 o'clock. And I looked across and I saw the most beautiful woman I'd ever seen in my life. (laughs) I didn't know her name. Come to find out, it was the boss's daughter. So I had to tread very carefully. Uh, Actually, there was no treading. Um, Because her dad made it abundantly clear there was to be no fraternizing between the guys and the girls. So I took that to heart. Later on in the summer, um, I was an escort and I was taking a couple of kids to the pool. It was in the afternoon and this beautiful woman came to the gate and she asked, would I love a Starburst? And I said, yes. So she had a red tin that sits next to uh, her desk on her side of the bed and she opens it and there was an orange Starburst. And I took the orange Starburst and I opened it and it was melted And I ate it, and it was the best Starburst ever. (laughs) Lo and behold, I found out her name. Well, I knew her name. Kind of got to know her a little bit. Her name was Lisa. And uh, the following year, I came back, this time, though, as a lifeguard. And I worked at the aquatics department, where Lisa was the aquatics director. And over the next summer, I got to know her. We became very, very dear friends. So much so, um, it was March of 2002. I was on spring break from Walla Walla, and she was attending La Sierra. And she was in the middle of her, um, it was finals. And since I, we had our spring break a week off earlier, I went to go visit my sister. Um, but I really wanted to see Lisa. And I remember her walking out of Angwin Hall. She was wearing a yellow shirt with her blue shorts, her black and purple slippers, and she had her hair, um, it was down to here, and she was wearing her sunglasses. And I thought, that's, again, the most beautiful woman in the world. I'm going to marry her. And um, lo and behold, that's when I fell in love with my wife. That was the moment. It's like, now, the story did not end so easily <laughs> because, as you know, in any relationship, it requires communication. And I had to later communicate that I was uh, smitten by her. I also had a conversation with her dad because out of respect that he was my boss and, you know, 
I, I very much respected him. I wanted his uh, permission and blessing to take her on a date. By the way, guys, if you really want to impress the, uh, uh, a girl's dad, ask him for his blessing and permission. Okay. And we went on a date. Our first date went to the beach, and we went to Red Robin for dinner off McKinley in Corona. Why am I saying all of these things? Because, well, I just remember them. Uh, but two, um, it was a very, she was different. I knew I wanted to spend the rest of my life with her. I didn't tell her that until seven months later. But I knew I had found the one. And yet one of the things that I had trouble, and I, you know, I'm not going to say I'm, I'm great at this, but... I sometimes had trouble communicating what I thought. And so early on in our relationship, I had to learn what she wanted me to say. I I had to say it. Communication in anything is key. In any relationship, you have to have communication. Imagine two people who decide that they love each other based on appearance and want to spend the rest of their lives get married but never say anything. How do you think that's going to go? Not very well, right? So let's say you're sitting at the table and you're not communicating. You don't talk, all right? Now, there's ways of communicating. You communicate with your eyes. You communicate with your looks. You communicate with your, uh, your body language. But to say what you want, you can point, and let's say there's salt and pepper and you're eating dinner, and you want salt, and you point, but she gives you pepper, that's going to be frustrating after the 10th time, right? Communication. In any relationship, we require communication. And as we begin this series, we're going to talk about communication, but more importantly, we're going to talk about discipleship. When we look to Scripture, and as Jesus Towards the end of his uh, part of living here on earth, in Matthew 28, we find that Jesus gives a job description to the disciples. Matthew 28. Okay, this is one. This wasn't in the things, but this is just to set the parameters. Okay, Matthew 28, verse 16. We all there? Okay. Then the eleven disciples. Oh, I hear pages flipping still. Let me give you a second. Okay. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Even after all this time, Jesus had died. He had risen. Some still doubted that it was really him. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to who? To me, to Jesus. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything. I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always 
even to the very end of the age. So Jesus has called us to go and make disciples, baptizing, preaching. All of these things are very key. What would be the church without people? We're called to go. And yes, being here, me being able to spend a whole week of studying and being able to share a message with you is awesome. But that's not what we're ultimately called to do is because we're called to go out in our daily lives. And even as I'm meeting people in restaurants or in the stores, my ultimate job is to bring people to the Lord. Or I should say, uh, be a vessel for the Lord that God can do a work in their lives. And hopefully pray that we can come and we can build this institution. And perhaps, maybe even, if we build, plant other churches. Amen? So we're called to go and make disciples. And in this next five or six weeks, we're going to explore and discover what it means to be a disciple. And how do we be disciples? You can't be a disciple if you don't love God. Amen? But yet, how do we get to know God? We have to communicate. And so, today's message is Jesus and me. How do we get to know God? And how do we get to know Jesus? Well, there's two avenues that we're going to focus on today. And that is prayer and through the scriptures. Now, in the book of Acts, there is a passage so Jesus has ascended to heaven. Um, they have, Matthias is chosen to replace Jesus. The Holy Spirit in chapter one as well uh, comes. And then Peter addresses the crowd because everybody thought that they were drunk. All right. And then the fellowship of the believers. At the end of chapter two, we find that they, the, 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 the disciples, the believers, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give everyone who had need. Everyone, every day they continued to meet together. And in the temple courts, they broke bread in their homes and ate together glad with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added together, added to their number daily those who were being saved. Part of the life of the church, there are four ingredients, especially at the very beginning. Prayer. Breaking of bread. Fellowship. And teaching. You have these four, and this is what I've discovered over the years. You have these four that's just the start. But yet, as well as we get into discipleship, as we learn to pray and as we learn to study and learn and as we eat together and as we fellowship, we're also called to serve, to go forth and to reach out. And the final topic that we're going to talk about is leadership and mentorship. All of these, uh, all of these are ingredients to discipleship. So I look forward. I've been, I'm, I'm not going to lie, I've been waiting three months to preach this sermon. Ever since I, I came, uh, made the decision, or I said yes to accepting this call, I have been looking forward to this sermon series. So 
If I get passionate, I'm very passionate. All right? So, today, how many of you want to learn how to pray and how to study the Word? Amen? Okay. So, I'm going to give you a couple of examples today. This is not the end-all, be-all. Eventually, perhaps, or maybe another sermon series, we can devote just to prayer and also uh, reading the Scriptures. But I'm going to give you a baseline, a minimum standard of how, or not a standard, but uh, help you uh, to, to study and to pray. So, as we go forth, Scripture, as we look through Scripture, we find that Scripture calls us to pray. Jesus himself uh, exhorted us at, to, to pray to God. Give your needs to the Lord. Ask, okay, and whatever it was will be given to you, right? And we also find that in Philippians 4, Paul as well exhorts us to pray. Jesus himself as well regularly spent time in prayer whether it was uh, on a mountaintop or even as i was studying with our young adults jesus uh, went to the mount of olives at night he prayed and then he went to the temple to continue preaching at dawn right so jesus regularly spent time in prayer and we also find that prayer is how we can communicate with God. And additionally, one of the things that I have learned is that prayer unites believers. When there has ever been challenges, whether we needed money because termites had eaten our church, we prayed, and in another church we raised the, uh, I think it was like $13,000. We raised it in a couple of months to be able to take care of the termite problem. We jokingly at that time said it's only the termites, hold, termites holding our church together. Uh, I remember staying late up at night. I would be worried about that. And there was really no reason to worry. And as well today, we're going to pray for Lourdes. So I want to invite you again, please, let us pray together as a church family. Prayer as well reminds us of our dependence on God. I sometimes have an ego, and I'm humbled regularly. And prayer is one of those reasons, one of those things that I do to remind myself to be humble. Okay? So prayer is important. Now, how do we pray? Well, there are a couple of elements to prayer. And number one, when we pray, there is adoration. When we pray, should we not give God glory and praise? God, you are the one who created this earth. Right? And you're the rock. Give God praise. So we give adoration. This is the Acts model. This is Acts prayer. Yet I'm also reminded that I as well am not a perfect person. I am a sinner. And so we confess, Lord, forgive me, for I am a sinner. And yet as well, part of praying, we should give thanks to God. Because if we're only praying for God, I need this. God, I need uh, I need a new job, God. I uh, I want uh, I want a new sweater because it's going to be cold this fall. Uh, I want this, I want that, or I need this, I need that. And we only focus on what we want. How can we hear God if it's only a one-way conversation of telling God what we need? Knowing somebody as well. If I were to go to my wife and say, I need this, I need that, I need this, I need that. 
is she going to want to continue talking to me if I'm only telling her what I want? No. I love to tell my wife how beautiful she is, right? And yet sometimes, look, I'm not a perfect guy, and sometimes I have to say sorry. And I mean it. All right? But we give, I also thank her for all the wonderful things that she does for me. And sometimes there is a need where the supplication, we give our requests to God. And there's a reason why supplication as well as at the end, because there are things that we need to remind ourselves of the, the magnitude, the awesomeness of God, but yet remind us that it is only because of God that all things are possible. And it is good to be thankful and remind us of what God has done before we should ask God for something. Amen? So let's take a moment. I want to pray with us. God, you are our great God. You are wonderful. You are majestic. Lord, you have given us, you have blessed us with blue skies today. And Lord, we know it's going to be a little warm, but we still thank you. Father, forgive us, though, because as well, we are sinners. Whether individually, Lord, and perhaps even corporately, we have, we have said or done something wrong, Lord, please forgive us. Maybe we've thought something towards ill will towards another person. Lord, forgive us. But yet, Lord, we are here today. Lord, number one, right now, I'm thankful that we're in an air-conditioned sanctuary, Lord. The power is on, and I'm able to be with my brothers and sisters here today, Lord. We are thankful. Father, be with us as we continue in faith, Lord. As a church, Lord, continue to lead and guide us. Lord, as well, we pray for more wisdom, Lord. We pray for our budget. We pray for the many things that are on our hearts, both spoken and unspoken. And Lord, as I now end this prayer, Lord, I want to give you again praise and thanks. And Lord, just thank you for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Is that not simple? So that's one way. And as well, when we pray as well, we give God glory and majesty. Sometimes people think, well, that's still a pastor. I just feel like that's not, that's just too much for me. One of the things that I, a story that I read years ago, a man was sitting in the hospital and on his bedside and he asked the pastor to come in or maybe a pastor showed up. And he asked, well, how do I pray? And the pastor simply pointed out, if you want to pray to Jesus, pray as if you were talking to me. Imagine as if Jesus was sitting right here. Have you ever had, maybe perhaps you've been... Um, on uh, sitting on a couch or maybe you have been in the hospital and you don't know how to pray imagine jesus is sitting in a chair next to you and just tell tell jesus what is in your heart what is on your mind give him your thanks and praise and your desires and maybe tell him as well how you really feel because our god is a big god our god understands all things When we look to prayer as well, did anybody ever get mad at God? Moses got mad. He begged God. All right? So I'm not saying just, you know, yell and curse God. Please don't do that. What I'm saying, though, is be honest with God in your true feelings. Our God is a great God. And God wants us to be truthful. Now,
scriptures. The scriptures are the revelation of God to us. God's love story. God revealing God's self to us. In the scriptures, there's a lot that we can read, but ultimately at the end of the day, it is God wanting to be with God's people. Amen? We find in in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He created Adam and Eve. And at the very end in Revelation, the ending note is God being with God's people. So God is a God of love. And in that journey from Genesis to Revelation is God's story with us. The scripture as well, one of the reasons why we should also read the scriptures, why we should read the Bible is because it's also God's plan of salvation. If we don't know what God is doing, then we can take strength and conviction when we know what God is working towards. We also find that the scriptures as well reveal how we can live our lives, something that we're doing right now, how we can pray and how we can study, how we can live by faith. And it's not just how we can, but we can also look to the many examples in Scripture of how people lived, how Moses lived, how Abraham lived, how Peter and Paul and all of the many characters lived by faith and also made mistakes, but God still used them. Okay? We also find that the Scriptures reveal calling imperfect people to God's work. There's a lot of people in Scripture who made big mistakes, as I just mentioned, but yet God still uses them. Amen? There is still hope for all. So as we go through, as we, as we, as we study, we find that the Scriptures show how we can have a great life with God. Now, how can we read the scriptures? Number one, pick a book of the Bible. And if you're just starting out, if you're just starting out, I'm going to recommend the Gospels. And, <coughs> excuse me, I injured myself a little here, so when it caught, when I cough, it hurts a little bit more. Pick a Bible, pick a book of the Bible. And I would even recommend, if you're going to just start out for the first time, go with the Gospel of John because there's a lot of stories, but also it was written to people who were second and third generation believers, many that we can identify with. They had never seen Jesus. They had heard stories, right? And we've heard many stories about Jesus and and all the people in the Bible, but we've never seen Jesus for ourselves. We can identify. So either the Gospels, letters of Paul, and then if you want to go to the Old Testament, go go to the Psalms or really just... Pick a, pick a book of the Bible, and if you need a recommendation, come see me after, all right? Pick a book of the Bible, and when you do so, choose a passage of Scripture, okay? Reading verse by verse is great as well, but sometimes it's good as well to look at the whole story because we can read one passage, one verse, but does it say everything about it? So as we read the passage as well, we need to also ask, who's in this passage? What's happening? Where is this? And when and why? Just like many of the questions that we ask today when we read things, we should also apply to the Bible because 
If we don't know who's in the Bible, we're going to forget. And there's, there's meaning, especially in stories. So who's in it? What's, what's happening? Where is this taking place? When and why? And then as well, when we're looking at this passage, ask how does this passage fit in with the rest of the, perhaps the chapter or even the book? So if we just take a certain passage by itself, especially a difficult passage. You know, when Jesus said stuff, sometimes he used hyperbole, okay? Kind of exaggerated a few things to make a point, all right? How does this fit in? And the final thing is, how is God's character revealed in this passage? And then the next thing, as we're reading it as well, how does this lesson apply? How, what can I learn and how can I apply it for my life? Now, you know, going back to how does a passage fit in, this, uh, in the context? You know, when you look at uh, various passages in the Bible, so for instance, in Matthew 18, uh, verse 21, Peter asks Jesus and asks, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? And what does Jesus respond with? Up to 70 times 7. Now, I'm not a mathematician, but what does that come up with? 490. Okay? 490 times is a lot, right? For me, if you do something to me, I would just say, look, I will forgive you, but please, learn your lesson, right? And after 490 times, something's wrong with me to allow somebody to do this 490 times to me, right? Now, what is the point that Jesus is trying to make? You've got to be forgiving, all right? But at the end of the day as well, um, Jesus is telling us to be forgiving. Now, do we allow somebody to walk over us 490 times without saying something? And that's not what the scripture is saying, but naturally, you should say something, right? We also find in other passages, um, uh, it says in Matthew 5, 48, you must be perfect. Uh! Now, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a sinner, right? There's many other passages where even he says, you must hate your parents, your spouse, your siblings, and children. Does Jesus really mean that? No, right? Uh, another one, oh, my favorite, okay? If, if your right eye causes you to sin, what should you do? You should take it out, right? And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off, right? Is Jesus being literal? No. All right, everywhere in most of the books of the Bible, sometimes there is metaphor, there's analogies, right? So take the time, don't just read verses for, it's important to read the verse, but also look at the bigger context. And sometimes that means that we're going to need to research, maybe find a commentary, right? Maybe look to Ellen White, whatever it may be. Take time to study the passage. When you come across a difficult passage and you don't quite, man, it doesn't make sense, or man, that's, that's really, um, it's really out there. Study the context. It's important that we understand the scriptures. Okay? And as well, write down your thoughts. I started journaling maybe five, six years ago. And it's amazing to see not only just, I don't just write my thoughts, but I also sometimes write my prayers. 
There was happy prayers and there were prayers of pain. There were prayers of uncertainty. And to see how where I was at in my mind and spiritually to where I am now, I'm a completely different person because of how God has worked in my life. And it's, in, it's affirming to see that in my desperation and in my pain and in my suffering of seeing how God has worked in my life to now, I can only say, praise God. So record the journey as well. Okay? And as well, if you have a hard time reading but you want to listen, download the YouVersion uh, Bible app. You can download many different versions, and if, as well, you can also listen, okay? But ultimately, we need to spend time with God. In any relationship, when, when, you, when you fall in love, when you fell in love with your spouse, you just wanted to be with that person, amen? You wanted to spend time with them. You just, it didn't matter. You could just be sitting together. You could talk. You could hear their voice, and it brought comfort. It got, brought strength. And the same with our relationship with God. If we want to know God, we've got to spend time with God. If it's important to you, you will invest in it. Invest in your relationship with God by spending time in prayer. And don't just be the one-way conversation. Allow God to speak to you, whether it be through scriptures or even having to talk with a friend. God can use people in our lives to affirm God's wisdom. But as well, when we read, think about, um, ponder on the passage, what is God saying? And how can this apply and how can this challenge my life? Because God's going to do wonderful, amazing things. And when we read the whole of Scripture, every time I've, I've tried to read the passage, I always learn something new. I've gone through Scripture handful of times, maybe maybe four or five times I read from Genesis to Revelation. And in the last six months, I've been focusing on uh, books of Samuel, Kings, uh, Chronicles, and even after that, and I've realized, man, I know I've known these stories, but I didn't realize sometimes the choices even God's people make, it's like, now I, I have hindsight. It's easy to see, man, how could you make that kind of decision? But then I also look at my own life. When times were difficult, and dare I say it seems like, man, i got to make a decision, sometimes I didn't have the best information, and sometimes I couldn't see the context because I was, my, my, my vision was so narrow. And I realized that, number one, we're all sinners. Daily, walking together in faith in this church, walking together, and we are learning and we, were, we are growing. And as we continue in the fellowship, and in the breaking of bread next week, may we walk together in strength, hand in hand, sharing God's mission. A couple of things that I want to share as well, a couple of illustrations. Uh, I read this illustration where in Asia, there are bamboo that can grow up to 20 meters, which in the non-metric is about 60 feet. However, before they actually sprout out of the earth, the seeds are underground sometimes up to five years before a bud pops up through. Can you imagine having to wait five years for something to grow? Right? Even like asparagus. You can't just eat asparagus on the first batch. you got to wait for it to grow. And so these, these farmers uh, have to water and wait 
But everything that is good and worth waiting for is going to take time. It's going to take patience. And sometimes, let's just be honest, God doesn't answer prayers the way we want God to. Amen? If I God had answered my prayers, I would have had a Ford Mustang at 16. <laughs> or at 17, God would have blessed me with a Chevy Silverado 2500. Not 15, 2500. Praise the Lord, God did not answer my prayers because I'll be frank with you, I was a horrible driver. I probably would have hurt or killed, I could have potentially hurt or killed somebody. And I would not have wanted that in my conscience. Amen? So I asked, God did not bless me with what I wanted, but God blessed me with something better. He blessed me with humility by driving my dad's old, old Honda Accord that was green. Not a nice, dark green, an ugly green. Lord, Dad, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, um, I'm sorry. I'm. But it was a car. It gave me character. My next car was a white Nissan Sentra that lasted maybe a year. I bought that car from Pete, and it had a spoiler in the back, so it was awesome until it basically the engine basically blew up. God blessed me with humility with the cars and teaching points. I don't know why God always allows things to happen as they are, but I do know that God is faithful. Sometimes it takes time to see that. There's been times in my life where I've asked God, why am I in this situation? And I said, I just, I'm done with the situation. I just want to throw the towel in and just walk away. But God was not done with me yet. God has blessed me. In that time, God blessed me with something great and awesome. And now looking back, God was preparing me for something even bigger. And God is faithful. Finally, we don't pray because God ultimately knows what's on our hearts. But sometimes we need to pray as well to see and work through the things that is going on in our lives to see and understand. So be faithful. Pray, be faithful. So may God bless you and lead you, whether you spend a couple minutes or a couple of hours. Spend time with God and just start just start every day. And whether it's a minute or maybe it's a five-second prayer, five seconds turns into 20 to a minute to where maybe an hour seems like nothing. And when you pray and you read these stories, pick a passage. Maybe you only read for a minute and then pretty soon you may discover that you just can't put it down and you're going to read with fresh new eyes when you read the passage in the context for what it really is and discover that it's even better and even more awesome. I pray that you will learn and you will grow and you will be blessed. And may we faithfully walk together and as we talk about community and and communication next week, may God bless you and lead you this week. Father, I thank you for this church, Lord. And as we move forward, Lord, as we begin with prayer and as we uh, as well learn to speak through you, as you speak to us through scripture as well, guide us. Open our hearts. Help us, Lord, to look at the Bible 
uh, with renewed and to start as if we'd never read it before, Lord. And as well, Lord, may we as well continually, whenever we need to, may you remind us daily to pray, to pray when we are in need, but also as well, thank you for just even the little things. And Lord, as we journey together, guide and watch over us. In Jesus' name, amen. Grace and peace. We hope you have been blessed by this message from the Downey Seventh-day Adventist Church. You can find more messages at www.downeychurch.org. God bless.